it to the book of Hebrews chapter, um, if you would, a Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, we're going to start right there. And uh, this series is called the faith, uh, a faith reboot. You know, when your uh, computer gets goofy, or your phone gets goofy, or your la- your ta- uh, tablet, the first thing, if you call a tech, the first thing they're going to say is reboot it. Have you rebooted it? Because sometimes the software gets confused, right? And that happens, uh, you know, obviously can happen through a lot of different reasons, but one of the primary reasons is because you're using it. And you don't believe that? And so we get confused. And I know some of you, you're, you're like my wife, that when something's not working, your plan is to hit it harder. So just hit the keys harder and, and hit more keys and push more buttons and swipe the screen more and do more. But actually, a reboot is a good thing because it cleans the, the registry. It, it opens it back up. It gets everything back to where it needs to be. Well, we call this a faith reboot because what, we're, what, we, what happens with our faith at times in our life is, is that we get clogged up with stuff because we're always hearing things. Remember that we just finished talking about um, make up your mind and about how your mind works that you think 30,000 thoughts every single day. So out of those 30,000 thoughts, not all of them are faith-filled thoughts. Some of them are junk that others have said. Some of them are your doubts, concerns, worries, fears, anxieties that you deal with. And what ends up happening is, is that can plug up, kind of confuse the faith in our life. And so what I've always found is, is that it's important to go back to the the basics to get back in my life when things aren't working right, when things aren't going. I have to. There are a few things that I'll do, and and one of those is to go back to the basics of faith and how that faith works in our life. And so this first message is is uh, entitled "What Is Faith?" and how do we apply that kind of faith to our life? Well, faith is obviously uh, is tied very strongly to the word belief. It's something that we believe, right? Um, you know, we have faith and belief that uh, tonight that when we when I said please be seated that when you sat down that the chair was going to hold you up right that there would be a chair there and it would hold you up as you sat down in it and so you had faith in an idea that caused you to do a certain action all right so there are other beliefs that we have in our life as well you believe tonight that you're going to go out into the parking lot, right? Put your key in the ignition, turn the key, and it's going to start up. And you will be upset if it doesn't do what you believe it should do, right? You're going to be, it's going to be, and I've, we've seen that happen with folks. I mean, every once in a while, and could be a starter's out, a battery went dead, you left your lights on, uh, you locked your keys in the car, you know, things don't go the way that we planned. But we believe that, All things being equal, if we have the key and we put it in the ignition and we turn that ignition, that it's going to start up and we're going to put it in gear and we're going to go our merry way down the road. Amen? Amen. We also have beliefs that when we go to the bank or we get the ATM card out and we put it into the machine and we're trying to take money out or we're trying to pay for something, that we have a belief that... If I have the card and I have my pen, thank God I can remember that, and put that in, that I will get money in return or product. 
So we have these kinds of beliefs in our life that we really kind of go on remote control with those beliefs, don't we? We don't really think about, oh boy, well, I mean, I have years and years ago wondered if I had enough money in the bank, but, but you know, you, you, you go in, you pretty much know that if I do things the way that they're supposed to, I don't even have to think about it, it's all gonna happen, right? I'm gonna get in my car, uh, I'm gonna drive away, I'm gonna go to the bank, I'm gonna get money out, I'm gonna sit down in this chair, it's all gonna be fine. Well, you also have spiritual beliefs that you rest upon in your life, all right? You have spiritual beliefs that you have in your life. Sometimes the beliefs in our life, we have to ask the question, where did I get that belief at? What is that belief founded upon? Because if it is faith, then it's going to be founded upon some ideal. And is it an, is it as, is it an idea, a concept that um, through my experience that I've developed, like my understanding of God, the way that I have viewed God, the way that I've experienced God in my personal life, is it based off of something I heard a pastor talk about? Is it faith that, is it a belief that's based off something I read in a book uh, or someone I heard on television talking? Where do my beliefs come from? What, what, it is, what is it that I believe and why do I believe what I believe? And, 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 and even in church sometimes we can go on remote control th- having beliefs that where did that come from? How did you come up with that? Like, there's a belief that there are people that believe that God heals today. And there are people that believe, all in the same church, that believe healing has passed away, that it no longer is for the church. There is a a belief that when we got our Bibles, God stopped doing miracles, okay? This is a, and you can find this in churches and pastors preach it and you can find it in their doctrinal that we don't believe that miracles happen anymore, that we believe that, you know, that God gave us the Bible and so all miracles have ceased. There is a belief that people can speak in, be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues and there are, is also a belief in the same church, because I'm talking about the church overall now, not just one church, a belief that tongues no longer is for the church, that churches don't speak in tongues anymore. Now, you can read a whole bunch of the book of Acts about how the church spoke in tongues, how the Acts 2, how they were filled with the Spirit and, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You can read about healing in Mark Acts chapter 4. You read about Jesus' ministry, how that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, how the apostles all went about doing healing people. There is a belief that's in the church that when the last apostle died, all the miracles ceased. What a sad day that would be, right? There you are, John, which we understand is the last apostle that was living, that he lived, they couldn't kill him. He finally just wore out and died, but uh, they tried every way they could to kill him and couldn't kill him, so they put him on an island by himself. And imagine if healing passed away. I just want you to walk through some of these beliefs that are in the church. As As he's the last apostle, and he's the only one that has the healing power, they're bringing sick people up to him and saying, John, we're going to put their hand because we know you're so tired and you're weak and you're dying, but we want you to pray for these sick people before they, you die. And so they pick up John's hand, put it on their head, you know, and they, they do, they go, I'm healed, I'm healed. And then finally they pick up John's hand to put it on a head and they feel, and there's no pulse, and they say, I'm sorry, nobody else can be healed ever again by God because John is dead. 
You say, well, that's just stupid. Well, that's pretty much how some of these beliefs line up as being stupid because they're based off of what happens is, is that we see what the scripture says, what God says. If we're going to say that this is God's word, which we usually do, or the Holy Bible, that this is what God has said, then what ends up happening out of that is if it's our life is not lining up with that, we find reasons to excuse why this isn't happening in my life. And we create beliefs. Okay? And I'm going to tell you what. It's hard to get people to change their beliefs. Because once they're settled, I remember I was sitting in a board meeting one time and a guy was sitting at the table and he said, because we were talking about helping the poor and putting money towards, this is years and years ago and you wouldn't know who this person is. They're, they're dead now anyways. And uh, they, they said, uh, um, made a statement because we were talking about helping the poor and they said, well, you know, the scripture says the Lord helps those who help themselves. I'd like to see the chapter and verse for that because it does not exist in the Bible. But somebody created this idea, see? the Lord Does the Lord help those who help themselves? Absolutely, he does. But does, Lord, does the Lord tell us to help the poor? He that lends to the poor, the Bible says, lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay them. So obviously, God wants us to help the poor and needy. Can I get a good amen? So we develop these ideas in our life you know, like here's another really awesome one that's been in the church for years. And it isn't even based off of scripture. You cannot find a verse that says this. The Lord works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform, okay? Now there's a reference to that, but it's not even talking about God doing stuff that we can't understand. It's, that isn't even in the context of what it's talking about. That is actually a song that somebody wrote. That's a song that somebody wrote about their, misunder their lack of understanding about God and his ability. But yet in the church, this is one of the, and you watch movies and you'll hear this quote all the time come up. Well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. You just don't know what God's going to do. Well, I'm going to tell you, you do know what God's going to do. Because God told you what he's going to do. It's not a mystery. It is not a mystery at all. But, but my point is with this, is, is that do you see how we get beliefs in our life? And we believe, the, and we think that, well, it's, it's biblical. My pastor said it. It's biblical because I heard a spiritual elder say it. It's biblical because a Bible college student said it. It's biblical because my professor said it. It's biblical because, you know, it was on CNN. It's biblical because it was on Fox News. It's biblical because somebody that somebody said something and it sounded really spiritual. But here's the thing. Faith, and you want to write this down, faith begins for you and I where the will of God is known. Faith really begins. Belief begins where the will of God is known. Now, one of my mentors in life, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan, is the one that said that. And it, he's in heaven now, but I mean, this, he has a great testimony. If you've never read any of his stuff, uh, you've got to read some of his books. They're absolutely powerful, powerful, especially about faith. But faith begins for you and I. Belief, our belief should begin where the will of God is known. So we, we hear things in the church like, this is another real big one. 
we'll hear stuff like, God wants us to be poor. God doesn't want you to have money. Because you know, the root of all evil is money. Well, that isn't even what the verse says. The verse actually says, the love of money is the root of all evil. So see, the devil is famous for twisting scripture, leaving parts out, adding to. He's good at it, right? I mean, he, uh, pulling things out of context and making them say what he wants them to say to try to confuse the believer. And he did that to Adam, and he did it to Eve, and he tried to do it with Jesus. He had Jesus, he was trying to confuse Jesus about his very purpose and intention for being here and told him, you know, well, don't you know Jesus that the scripture says? And tried to get him off track. That's what the enemy tries to do in our life, to create beliefs in us that are not true because they're not the will of God. See, to say God wants you to be poor, God wants you to be poor because he's afraid, he knows that because, he, because God believes money is bad for you to have is a false idea. There is no biblical evidence to that. It's a false idea. God wants you to be prosperous. God wants you to be wealthy. He just don't want you to be ugly about it. You get that? So God doesn't, God isn't in heaven going, no, look, if you really want to follow me, you got to get rid of everything. That was one guy who loved his money. Now you start loving your stuff more than you love God and God will challenge you about it to give it up. He'll do it. And he has every right to do it. But does he do, did he do that with everyone? Did he say that to every rich person? I mean, look, Zacchaeus was a rich guy. He never even preached to Zacchaeus about giving up his wealth. Zacchaeus was the one that talked about doing it out of gratitude. Jesus didn't say that. The only one he ever did that with was the rich young ruler who, had, who, who was in love with his stuff and his security, and he just challenged him about it so that the guy had to face the reality. Actually, and you know the good news about this, and scholars pretty much believe that the rich young ruler was Lazarus, who died uh, later on and uh, came back from the dead, and uh, that Lazarus was a very, 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 very wealthy man in Bethany, and uh, that they believe that that rich young ruler was him, and uh, that he finally but he was fine in the end because what you learn about the way that God works is that God will challenge you about stuff and you may not accept it at first, but eventually you come around to God's way of thinking. Because, you know, he's re- we talked about the recklessness of God. Look, it's overwhelming. He's not going to let, he'll never let us go. He's going to keep working on us, trying to bring us to that place we need to be. So God wants you prosperous. Look at the person next to you and say, God wants you prosperous. Well, now, Pastor, I heard someone say, well, see, does it matter what someone says? And the answer is no. What matters is what does God say? Because that's where our beliefs should come from. That's where they should drive from. So faith begins or belief begins where the will of God is known. If we want to understand does God heal today, then we need to see what God says in his book to you and I about healing Regardless of all the experiences that we have, we need to look at what God says. Prosperity, what does God say? Our family, what does God say? Our marriages, what does God say? What does God say about our health? What does God say about every aspect of our life? And the scriptures all speak about that. So when we turn to his word, we find the answers we're looking for. Now, did you find a Hebrews 11 one yet? All right, I gave you lots of time. 
in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith, and this is out of the King James Version Bible, but it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things that are not, uh, that are not seen. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. Now, if you look at the, a couple of different translations I'm going to give to you, um, the Weiss translation of this, which was a, Weiss is a great, uh, dealing with the Greek uh, language, Weiss talked about, um, got into the depths of the Greek words with this, but he says this, now faith is the title deed of things hoped for, and it is the proof of things which are not being seen. Doesn't mean that they're not in existence, you just are not seeing them yet. And so, but it is the proof that you and I have of things that are not being seen. Moffat translation says this, now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for. We are confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. So I realize we're using the word faith here, but we can put that word belief in there very easily. Uh, the, um, the Believer's Bible says this, or the Basic Bible in English says, now faith or belief is the substance of things that are hoped for and is the sign that things not seen are true. Now, all of us here, uh, I'm sure, or most all of us, I don't know everybody here tonight, but believe that there is a heaven, right? We believe it. But you cannot see heaven. You have no idea. I mean, what are you basing that there's a heaven on? You can only base it, you cannot base it off experience. You can't base it off of uh, just idea. You have to base that off the scripture. You're basing your belief that there is a heaven off of scripture. You, the only way you can do it, or you wouldn't know, how would you know about it? How would you know that existed? Because you can't see it. How would you know anything exists that you cannot, how would you know that God even exists? Right? So the belief that you and I have that is based off of something that God has said, either about himself or about what he wants to do or about the realm that he exists in. And so we know there's a heaven. Now, uh, our belief that we have is, is that if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have a belief in Christ, we've repented of our sins and turned to God and we've made him Lord of our lives to take ownership of our lives, that we believe that because of that, that we are going to heaven when we die. But we have no physical proof to show us that that's what's going to happen. We know at death something happens. We know at death something happens to people. We've all been to funerals and seen people that have died. We know they're not like, even though it kind of looks like them. I've never seen anybody that really looked like what they really looked like alive, but it kind of looks like them. But we recognize that that's not them anymore. Something has changed. There is no life that is there in that casket. Everybody agree with that? And so we know something has changed. But how do we know what has happened? Because we have a belief that if they have asked Christ into their life, that when their life ended here, according to the scriptures, that they were immediately with God. Now, here's what's happened, though. See, we've had people that have had what we would call near-death experiences or experiences where they uh, died on the table and they come back and they tell their experience. Here's what you have to be careful of with anybody telling their experience. If it does not line up with a biblical, with biblical truth, because remember, belief begins where the will of God is known. 
So you have people come back and say, well, you know, I was floating around over my deal. I walked down the hospital hallway. I was all, you know, this, and I saw people crying, and then I came back to my body, and that was that. Or I walked through a dark tunnel, and I saw a light at the end, and I said, and I heard a voice say, walk towards the light, and I walked towards the light, and then all of a sudden I was back, okay? Look, we have no one ever in the Bible, no one ever, God never talked about it, it be, death being that way, ever. You can't find it. Say, so, well, but, but it, I don't know, it's, you know, Pastor, it just sounds, it sounds so real. It doesn't matter that it sounds real. You can't base a belief on something that you cannot find in Scripture. Well, you can, but you have no God backing up what has been said. See, the promise is, is that God will back up what he has said. God backs up what he has said. So if God says, when you die, if you've called on the name of my son in your life, and, when, and, and you've turned from sin, you have turned to me, not lived a per, he's not saying you've got to be perfect, he's just saying you believe in me, then he says, here's what was, is going to happen. I back this up. You will be with me forever. Jesus said it. The Father says it, the Holy Ghost says it, the Holy Spirit says it. The witness is there in Scripture over and over. So what we base our belief off of cannot be off of my experience. But you always run into people in your life. Well, my experience has been, well, that's great, and that's great that they had, and we're not putting anybody's experience. And if you've had a near-death experience, I'm not putting that down. All right? But I will say this. God works in mysterious... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Faith begins where God's will, will is known in our lives. The basic believers, as we said, is now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the sign that the things that we cannot see are true. It's the sign to you and I that the things we cannot see are true. Expanded Bible, Hebrews 11 and 1 says... Faith means being sure, the assurance or the tangible reality of the sure foundation of the things we hope for and knowing that something is real even if we don't see it. The conviction, assurance, the evidence about things not seen. Faith gives you the assurance that you will have the request that you have made. Faith gives you, your belief gives you the assurance that you will have the request that you have made, even if you can't see it right now, your faith says, your belief says, it's mine now. It's mine. The International Standard Version says, now faith is the assurance that what we hope for will come about and the certainty that what we cannot see even exists. Just like heaven, we can't see it, but we know it exists because of what our faith says. Passion Translation says, now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. It is all the evidence that is required to prove what is still unseen. The Living Bible says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It's the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. So these are great passages that just deal in different translations of the Bible, different perspectives. 
for you and I. But faith is the substance of things that are hoped for. It is the proof, the evidence of things that we cannot, that we cannot see. Faith is the foundation that holds and sustains what we are believing, what we are standing for. You know, I've been to New York a couple of times, seen the Empire State Building. I'm sure all of us have probably seen it on TV at least. And that dude is big. I mean, it's, 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 it's not even easy to compare it until you're up on top of it with other things that are around. It's, you're so far up in the air. It's absolutely amazing. That Empire State Building is actually, uh, it's uh, uh, 381 meters high, which is 1,250 feet. So just to kind of give you an image of how high up that is. But here's the deal. Something that high that goes up that high, and I mean it moves because the wind blows on it and it moves, but it does not come down. And the reason that it doesn't come down is because it goes uh, 60 meters down into the ground. Now that 60 meter, that 60 meter, I, I'm sorry, I said that wrong, 20 meters down. It goes 20 meters down, which is 65 feet, okay? So it goes 65 feet down into the ground. So they dug this big hole, put this big, now can you see what's holding that building up? You cannot see it. But you know there's something that's down there, right? There is some kind of a substance that is holding, there is something down there that is holding it up. And here's, here's the really powerful thing about it. It's really not the fact that it goes down 65 feet because, look, 65 feet compared to 1,250 feet is really not that deep, okay? The deal is, is, is that it goes deep enough to get into the bedrock of the earth. And the bedrock of the earth does not move. When something gets down into the bedrock, you are now down into such a depth and such a stability that there is nothing that can move that bedrock out of the, in that ground. It is, it is solid. And they put that, those steel girders, that foundation deep into that bedrock. They dig down into that. It, 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 it's not going to go anywhere because it is tied to something bigger, the whole earth. That's what our faith is. Our faith is going down into the bedrock of God's word and what God has said. And so regardless of what's going on up here, it doesn't matter how beautiful the building is or how, how high up it goes. What matters is how deep are we going into the bedrock here of what is going to stabilize us so that no matter what we face, you know, it's, Jesus gave us a great story about this in, in the end of Matthew, I think it's Matthew 5. He said, look, there's a guy and he builds his house and he builds it on the sand and it's a beautiful house. It's an awesome house, but he builds it on the sand. And he said, the rain comes and it begins to blow and the wind gets real high and he says, and the house falls down. It collapses. Now, there's another guy, he builds his house on the rock. Not pieces, you know, sand is just pieces of rock, okay? He doesn't build it on little pieces of rock. He builds it on a solid foundation. So he digs deep and puts it in. It takes more time to do it this way. Would you agree? It takes time to put a foundation in. Foundations are not fun to build. 
Foundations don't give us, you know, real joy as we're putting a foundation in because the, we recognize the value of the foundation, but the foundation is not the exciting part of the house. The, really, the most exciting part of the house is the finish work, right? When you, and finish work is great because when, it, when you do finish work, you know you're close to finishing. So it's like, yes. <laughs> but we, get a, we don't necessarily get excited about the depth of that, that foundation. But yet, out of all that we're doing in our building in our lives, the foundation is the most important thing that we're working on. Because see, without that foundation, when the wind comes, the rain comes, the difficulties come, we're going to get knocked down, no matter how beautiful the house is. And so we have to dig deep. We have to dig deep into what God has said in his word for you and I. We have to dig deep into that bedrock of who God is, the solidness of his word. And as we wrap our lives around that, the will of God in our life, as we wrap our lives around that will of God, we are tied to something that's far greater than the wind. It's greater than the storm that you're in right now. It's greater than the sickness that you're dealing with or the, the need that you have in your life or the difficulty because, you're, look, you're, your roots grow deep in your life and they wrap themselves around the rock of ages and you're not going anywhere because you're tied to something way bigger than what anybody sees on the surface. You can't take my faith away from me. You can't take my beliefs away from me. Not because, just because I have them, but because they are wrapped around something bigger than I am. You just see me, but my faith is wrapped into depth of what God has said, deep into the, the life and nature of God saying, you know, that, that look, I've sent my word and I've healed you and delivered you from all infirmity. I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul is prospering. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. These things run deep. I mean, you could smack me down to a greasy spot in the ground. I'm still going to yell out, this is what God has said. Somebody said one time to me, they said, well, pastor, you know, what if you get cancer? Are you still going to believe in healing? Well, absolutely, I'll believe it. Well, what if you're dying from it? Well, I still believe it. Don't ever let what's happening in someone's life determine what you believe about God. You don't know people. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. You don't know how they're dealing with stuff. Look, and it's not any of your business to know. So, but here's it. What is your business? You don't base your faith off anything except what the will of God is, Period. People might want to argue about their experiences and how they understand God and the nature of God and how God works and what's changed and what's gone. You know, my Bible says in Hebrews 13, 8, uh, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he's the same forever. So if Jesus is the same, this is Hebrews 13, 8, was the same yesterday, and he's the same today, and he's the same forever, then why would Jesus, who healed yesterday, not heal today? And why would he not heal tomorrow? Or did he change? It says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, sometimes people will say some really bizarre stuff about God, and they have no biblical foundation to have that belief. They have no biblical foundation. 
And what you and I have to do is, is that we need to make sure that the beliefs that we have in our life are wrapped around the Word of God. They're reaching depth because faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things that are not seen. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Wow, I got through one point. You know, I've prayed for people at the altar before, and I said, well, we're, what is it that you have going on in your life? And they'll say, well, I have this problem. And I they said, okay, well, we're going to pray, and I believe God's going to heal you. And they'll respond like this, Josh. They'll say, well, I hope so. Now, hope plays an important part in our, hope is our, is, hope is the blueprint. It's the, it's this idea that we have in our life that this is possible. And I absolutely believe in hope. I make no criticism about people being hope, but you cannot hope yourself into being healed. You can't hope that your circumstances are going to change. Hope doesn't change anything. Hope gives us a blueprint that it could change. It is faith that is the vehicle that brings about change. It's belief, I should say. Make it a little simpler. So what I believe is what makes change in my life. You know, I battled, I've shared this from the pulpit so many times, and you probably get tired of hearing it, but I battled alcohol for so long. I mean, terrible. And, uh, you know, it was, and I hoped that, I wished that God would take it away. I did believe. I mean, look, I, if you said, do you believe that God has the power to take that away from you? <laughs> Absolutely, I do. I'm asking him to. I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't like I don't like how I feel in the morning. I don't like where my life is headed. I don't like what I'm doing. I don't like the way that I'm broke all the time. I don't like this life. I hate it. And I wished and I hoped, but I found out that no matter how much I wish and I hope, that will not change what's going on in my life. It's only till I believe what God has said about me when I believe what his word says, when I take and reach now and say, I'm not just going to hope or wish or dream that that could be true and have a blueprint, an idea that this is the possibility. You know, blueprints are awesome. I love, I love looking at blue, blueprints. But here's the problem. The blueprint is not the project. You ever looked at a blueprint? All a blueprint is is a diagram. It's an idea that you look at. A blueprint... I mean, it can make you excited and get you hopeful, but a blueprint is not the thing. It's only faith that can produce what it is, the belief that we have, because it's tied into what God has said. Do I hope that you are healed? Absolutely, I hope you are healed. But you're not going to be healed because you just hope so. You're going to be healed because I believe that I receive the healing that God has ordained according to Matthew 8, 17, that he bore my sicknesses and carried away my diseases, that he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquities and the chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. I know people get frustrated sometimes because we use scripture so much, but look, I have nothing else to offer except what the Bible says about what God will do. And if you don't know what God said that he would do, how can you even have faith how can you even have faith for what, you're, what you want to have happen? It's faith that gives the substance. 
So we quote these verses over and over and over and over and over, and we're going to keep on quoting them over and over and over because that's where your beliefs should come from. And I have seen it so many times happen for people. I know you've seen it too. You begin to share scriptures with people and their faith begins to rise in their heart. And they go, you know what? I believe that if you'll lay hands on me right now, I'll be healed in my body. I'll be healed in my body. Because faith, according to Romans, comes by hearing. Belief comes by hearing. Real belief now comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing by the word of God. Bow your heads with me tonight. Uh, if in any way in your body right now you're battling any kind of pain, uh, any kind of um, uh, uh, sickness, I know there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on uh, that people have been battling through. Some are getting through. Uh, and, and look, your faith is activated tonight that you would just, you know what, I'm gonna, I believe I'm going to receive. I just believe I'm going to receive uh, my healing tonight. I'd like you to just step out of your area there and come onto the altar. I want to pray for you here tonight. And uh, so... If you have a kid that you're believing that for, um, amen. Are you coming up for prayer? All right, amen. Anybody else that say that's me? Come on, come on. Yeah, you don't need to hesitate. Josh, I'm gonna have you and, and, and Jeff pray, okay? So you guys are gonna pray the prayer of faith, amen. Because see, this is where we get into trouble. It's not about my faith that's gonna get you healed. It's your faith in Christ that get, brings healing. That does not have to happen through me. That can happen through we could bring kids out here and lay hands on you, and healing can happen through that. Amen? So they're going to pray. Uh, actually, hey, Jeff, I want you to do this in joint with him so you guys can move through. Gerald, come on over here. I want you and him to join together in faith over this. Thank you, Father. Amen. Anybody else that wants to come? Because we want to pray for you here tonight. Amen. We, we want to believe with you here tonight for your healing. Hallelujah. Yep, so go ahead. You guys go ahead and start praying. Thank you, Lord. Greg, you can put some music on there in the back. We're going to dismiss this way, so if uh, you need to go, God bless you. Have an awesome evening.